This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hear more from Free FM. For a small monthly fee, you can become a patron and support independent community media. Go to patreon.com slash freefm89 to find out how. Zone, you're at the table with Barry and Mariana. It's show number 99. You max all smart? Well, you know, in cricket they call it the nervous 90s, don't they? Yes, they do. Do you think we'll get knocked over before we make it to 100? <laughs> <laughs> we better not. We've got that special guest coming up. We do have a special guest. People are heading back to the clubs, Barry. It's great, isn't it? A lot of them already there. I had a bit of a look. I see that people are playing at Cambridge and East Coast Bays, and I think Tiamutu might have had a session. There's been lots of clubs back, Wellington, Auckland, all over the place. Oh, good. So they're really starting to crack on this week. Some of them not starting till next week. I think Tauranga is going to start next week. Waikato Bridge Club sent out their newsletter, and up the top it's got the seven dwarves. Hi-ho, hi-ho. It's back to bridge we go. We were talking about the seven dwarves a couple of weeks back. Who, who was Snow White? Oh, well, I don't think that's me. <laughs> Maybe it's you. Anyway, it's good to see. And of course, Tournament Bridge is kicking off again on the 27th of June. Spartown teams held at the Hamilton Bridge Club. Yep. What are the numbers? Well, it looks like 22 teams entered so far. Okay, so, so they're going to. Well, I think they'll be happy with that. I think they're going to cap it off at about 26. But um, 26 teams, and I see that the even the Hamilton 5A teams, two weeks later, there's already eight teams entered for that. Have you got your name down? No, not yet. They are having a restricted format too, but just tucked inside the normal team's number, just like Spartown. I think I will. I've been approached. She's been approached, folks. So, yeah, thinking about that. I'm not going to play at the club this week, are you? I'm not actually down to play, but I don't know. I might get along there one night. Rumour has it, and no, I'm not pushing Adele. Rumour has it that you and Nigella were going to have a game today. Yeah, our friend Nigel, he decided that because he'd got nine out of nine on one of Cynthia Clayton's quizzes that I had to play with him. I don't actually remember agreeing to that, but anyway, I said, okay, we're in. Today today was going to be the day. Was gonna. Was going to be the day, and then he dumped me. Oh, are those tears I see? <laughs> oh, no. Pass me a tissue. <laughs> are those tears of joy or sadness? <laughs> yeah, so he's busy apparently. He's got to go and see the optometrist today. He's got bridge with you tonight, playing in the Teams event online. He's playing with somebody else on Thursday and then oh. somebody else on Friday. I don't know. Maybe he can book me in for some time after Christmas. Anybody but you, eh? And he's so looking forward. Maybe that optometrist thing is a good thing. He needs to see the cards. Maybe he needs them to see your facial expressions. No, he's not allowed to look at those. (laughs) Talk to Judge Julie about that. Facial expressions are unauthorised information. (laughs) I wouldn't like to use your facial expressions as memory aids. (laughs) Anyway... We'll keep it locked in. You two have to play, and we will spread the word.
Anyway, how's Blair? We haven't talked to Blair for a while. Well, I don't know what how Blair's managing. It's, he hasn't been playing any bridge much. He has played online a bit, obviously, like the rest of us. Yep. But you know, I was talking to Ellen Morris, who, by the way, has agreed to come on our 100th episode. I'm allowed nice. to mention his name, aren't I? Yeah. So Chairman of New Zealand Bridge, Ellen Morris, is going to come on. So don't think he's going to sing us happy birthday or anything. Very good. Here is another snippet of my chat that I had with Wayne Burroughs the other week. Very touching segment this time. Have a listen and see what you think. I just want to go back to the beginning. Done lessons. You're in the junior room at Palmy. Then what happened? How long did it take for you to get to open? I learnt at school and then I didn't play for five or six years. I went and played at the Palmerston North Club. And the first year, didn't play very often. Mostly I just filled in as substitutes. But at the end of the year, some of my friends were going up to intermediate, so I asked if I could go up to intermediate. But the club had strict rules and the president said, no, you haven't earned enough C points, so you can't can't be an intermediate. <laughs> so you got squashed. So I got squashed and got told I had to still play at the junior night. Okay. But by the end of the next year, the club had kicked me out of junior, <laughs> wouldn't let me play on the intermediate night and put me into the senior night. <laughs> what a mistake that was. Oh. No, it didn't last long. And During that next year is when I started playing tournaments. The rest is history. I guess that's what they say. <laughs> is there anything that you regret not doing so far in your bridge life? Um, I mean, I've put a lot of time into bridge, but I, in some ways, regret not putting more time in. Really? God damn! So, how many? Okay, well, how many hours a week do you put into bridge? Uh, at the moment, Claire and I practice just twice a week. Mostly, we just uh, practice bidding, but we spend quite a bit of time as well talking about hands, some from our own experience and some from often ones. Claire brings up problem hands more often than I do and what we should do and so we we spend quite a bit of time talking on that. You've got a story though about how you met Claire and the partnership began. Can you tell us about oh, that? Oh yeah, well that, that happened here in Hamilton. Oh cool. So woop woop. I was playing the Hamilton Congress one year and I came to Claire's table, never seen her before in my life. Claire will tell the story better. The, she had around about 22 high card points and a triple four one hand. And a lot of people would open with a strong bid or um, possibly two no trumps. She had a singleton honour, singleton ace in her short suit. But Claire opened one diamond, which got a two diamond inverted raise from her partner. And Claire made a lucky choice next, or a little bit of lucky choice, by bidding two spades. Uh, I don't think they had very many agreements. They found a spade fit having raised diamonds and got to six spades, which was uh, an easy make. Personal score sheets came out. We got zero match points for this in the the 10A point field. And I, well, you know, I I play a lot of tournaments and I thought, how can I play against someone I've never seen before and I end up with zero match points when when they play so well? So I just uh, talked to Claire and... um, yeah, we got talking and agreed to play a tournament, and like you just said before, the rest is history. We started practicing a bit online, we enjoyed playing with each other. So it was more like, damn it, she just kicked my butt. Well, yeah, I thought, well, I can't have can't have people giving me zero match points, so the only way to get around that is to play with them rather than against them. Oh, right, I see. Pedal the devil, you know. <laughs> Sure. Are you teaching at the moment? Are you doing any lessons? No, I'm not doing. I'm not doing any bridge lessons at the moment. Um, Jack James, good young player in Palmerston North, doing the teaching in Palmerston North now. So, um, that's good for him and good for the the people. Talking about Jack and and talking about psychic bids before. Jack's had a bit of controversy with people not liking him psychic occasionally, but I've tried I think to be supportive because I think I don't think he's been doing anything wrong, but a few people have not not appreciated his psychics. 
Well, I guess when you get to a certain level, you can start to evaluate your hand a little bit more and you can be a little bit more aggressive, I guess. I guess it's evaluating your hand in a way because you're evaluating that the hand belongs most likely to the to opponent. opponents, that's right. Yeah. And you want to do whatever you can to disrupt. Another view on Sykes, you know, is if something's um, bad for the opponents, then it's good for me. As much as bridge is a, a great game and there's lots of good experiences you can have at the table, I mean, at, when you are playing at the table against your opponents... Fundamentally, it's a battle. You've got to try and do whatever you can to get the best score. Within the laws, of course, you don't shouldn't be doing things to or out, outside your bids and plays that cause disruption. Yeah, true. Yeah. What do you think about COVID and its effect that it may have on Congress this year? I think it's um, going to make us think about playing bridge because it is an environment where you're close. We're pretty close to, aren't to we? lots of people, and then and also sharing cards and things. And every every year at Congress, there seems to be some loogie that goes around that a lot of people catch mm. anyway. And so I think we need to be a little bit careful about transmission of things. And I think with COVID, one of the good things, hopefully, that will come out of it is that people will be more aware of their social responsibilities when they are sick. Mm. and going out and doing things. We seem to have this laissez-faire attitude, and I've talked with, it, to, talked with Liz about this a few times, that we don't really know when we should be going out and going to school or... Going to work. ...play bridge or whatever. Yeah. She'll when be we're right, sick, mate. So yeah, we just, people just turn up. Diseases do um, affect us, and personally, I know the effect that influenza-type things can have because my mother died getting the flu. She gone out for her birthday with a number of members of my family. The people who went out to that birthday dinner, all except two of them, got really, really sick with influenza one year, and my oh. mother died as a result of that. She got put in an induced coma and That's had so pneumonia sad. and stuff. Yeah, and in fact, that relating to Bridge, that happened. Mum died when I was in Shanghai playing for the New Zealand Open team. Goodness me, that's so sad. Sorry yeah. to hear that. 14 years ago, nearly now. So it relates exactly to the COVID yeah. situation. I know the reality of, of that. and we... That is a, a question. What happens and how did you cope? You're over there representing the country in a game that you love and you get information like that. I mean, it must you must have been heartbroken. How did you cope? I very nearly didn't go to Shanghai because of that. She went into hospital on the Tuesday. I was due to fly out on the Saturday. I flew to Christchurch on the Wednesday. My sisters and I met with the doctor who was the primary carer of mum at the time um, and just discussed what the situation was likely to be. Uh, he thought at that time that mum was most likely to recover. Mm -hmm. And then after that, discussed with my sisters, this was a day before I'm due to fly out, whether I should go or not. Mm -hmm. And... Um, their view was supportive of me, and they said mum would hate it if she was the cause. She, she for was you. the cause of yeah. me not going. So we good old mums. Well, we we decided um, that I should just go, and but part of that, I, I said to them, if I go, I, something does happen. I don't want to go all that way and then come all the way back. And mm. So we decided that if I went, I wouldn't come back. It was a week or so later. So came back to my room, and the phone was ringing. My sister was on the phone, and mum had died. And, um, so that was pretty. Um, 
pretty sad. And even though we'd decided in advance that I wouldn't come back. Different story when it's it, happened. It's a different it? story when it happened. So we had the whole conversations all over yeah. again. And we decided that I, w- that I wouldn't come back still. I attended my mother's funeral by a telephone link. Oh. So, the emotional impact of that while you're over there. Big deal. I mean, yeah. there were but lots of lots of phone calls home. Cost a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> and in and terms of your play, you need to pull your socks up because you had to do it for your mum. Yeah, partly. Yep. Partly doing it from the home. I mean, it had an effect on us. I think Pam and I played reasonably well at that tournament. Not as well as the other two pairs, but they were much more experienced. We were playing with um, Ashley Bark and Michael Cornell and Martin Reed and Peter Newell. Still playing. Two of the very, very best pairs that yep. uh, New Zealand has had over a very long time. So it was a good team. So they played a lot towards the end of the event. Uh, we, we did our part. We almost won a medal at that event. So that... Hey, shall I tell you something? What are you doing? Barbara Daly and I entered in the Waikato Bay's Rubber Bridge competition and we've got our first game coming up shortly. Who have you got? We're playing against Nick Whitten and Janice Bell from Morrinsville. Uh, they're regular players in the Rubber Bridge. Oh, really? Yeah, Nick is quite a big fan of Rubber Bridge. Oh, cool. So what happened is we were actually in the quarterfinals already. Didn't he have to play a match to get... We had to buy the first round. You won that one? We won the first round. Well, yeah, we're in the quarterfinals. Oh. I was quite proud of myself. <laughs> So we actually had a little game round home the other night because I'd never played Rubber Bridge and I just wanted to get to know, you know, a couple of things about it. The scoring's weird. Who was training you? Brian Gallagher. Oh, yes. Yep. Yeah, yeah. He's played in Rubber Bridge a couple of times. And so I rang up our friend Nigel and I said, hey, could you make up a foursome? And then we played. And boy, there are some really different game strategies when you're playing Rubber Bridge. Yep. Just, you don't like it though, do you? You've only got to ask Richard Solomon about it. Yeah, it's not something I really go for. If you want to know tactics for Rubber Bridge, don't ask me. I um got a couple of things. The scoring I found was okay. I think I've got my head round it now. Rubber Bridge, who would have thought? Yeah, last time I played was many years ago. Mm. And we played this match over 20 years ago. And it got to the last hand and we needed to bid slam. And so the bidding went something like one art. Pass, two clubs, pass, six clubs. Anyway, we didn't have a happy ending. Six, <laughs> six clubs didn't make. And then they said, okay, now we'll play the second half. And I said, what? Second half? I thought that was it. Oh. <laughs> I was never going to bid six clubs otherwise. Oh. <laughs> My knowledge of rubber bridges, you know, sort of down there in the doldrums. So were you then only 15 hands in? Yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> so I know you have to play 30, so... Yeah, that's exactly that right. I, I thought that was the end. <laughs> it was the end before you went for lunch, Barry. Yeah, that's right. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're funny. Anyway, Rubber Bridge people, some players have already played the opening round and they're into the quarterfinals, the winners. That round has to be completed by the 19th of July. I tell you what, the people that enjoy Rubber Bridge, they rave about it. They absolutely love it. So if it's your thing, you know, by all means, go for it. You'll love it. I'll let you know. So I've got Judge Julie on the line. I'm more interested in what's happening in Bridge up in Auckland. Good morning, Judge. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. All bridge clubs are probably looking at going back this week. Hamilton is going back doing welcome back pairs, open sessions. Yeah, I know around the country everyone's 
heading back. It will be sort of business as normal. We've had not as many people come back as would have played normally. We're also running a trial of doing some sessions at different times. Oh. We're having Monday and Friday morning sessions starting at 10 and finishing about 12.45. Instead of having a whole day, it's a bit more just one part of the day, and it'll be interesting to see how that goes. We don't know how many people like it or won't like it, but we're giving it about a two-month trial. So, so when did Auckland Bridge go back? We started on the Wednesday last week. Wow. Our evening sessions, we're looking at starting earlier on Tuesday and Thursday nights that we have. Wednesday, we're keeping the same, just rearranging the time slightly to see if that has more appeal. So Hamilton has their first session today at 1 o'clock. We're all getting back to normal. I'll tell you one incentive that they've done at Hamilton, because on the Friday session, they're actually going to have bridge and breakfast. How about that? Oh, okay. So pop in for breakfast. Yeah, yep. breakfast at 9.15. So we've got normal table money, and but for bridge and breakfast, it is $10. Be interesting to see how that goes. I think in general, I've spoken to people, but we've had BBO around for years and years and years, and it provides a wonderful tool for practising and learning to practise so that you can go, you can play solitaire, you can go and have a look at some of the information that they have there. You can practice with your friends or your partner, and it's really, really useful. But it doesn't take place of sitting down and talking to people. Right. And think that people are concerned that once people have been on BBO, they won't come back to the club. But I don't really think that's true. I think most of us that play at a club do so because we like to talk to people. And if we didn't, we would have been playing on BBO anyway. Can you hear that heavy breathing? No. Master Jones has just graced us with his presence. <laughs> now, I just want to say one thing about BBO. I was listening to Judge Julie droning on, as she does, and I, <laughs> I just wanted to mention that one of the really good things about BBO is that you can kibitz, but some people won't let you. Oh. He loves stalking. Thanks for showing up. They were playing for our team and I was going to go in and commit so I wasn't allowed to. Oh. And actually probably for an amazingly good reason is that all of us are only a phone call away. (laughs) And having a teammate commits you could lead to some interesting (laughs) queries and challenges. It wouldn't look very appropriate, would it? I've got a question for Judge Julie. We're not doing questions today. If you'd been on time, you would have known that. But I've got one. It doesn't matter. I'll have to wait. Okay. (laughs) Hey, I've got one more question for Judge Julie. Hey, uh, hang on a minute. How come you get to ask one and I didn't? (laughs) Because I was on time. Okay. And you get rewarded if you're on time. (laughs) Hey, anything different happening with table money up in Auckland? Hamilton's moving to table tickets or vouchers, and we're not collecting table money in terms of coinage. We've had tickets. For a long time, I left the club as manager in 2013, so I think we started tickets about 2011, maybe 2012 at the latest. We are sorted with, I think, Club Hub it's called. When you play, it will automatically deduct the fee from your account. So not happening yet, but very soon we're going to have a, a, a changeover so that you don't even need tickets. So we not only will we not have monies per se, but we don't even need 
the tickets to be collected either. Yeah, all moving electronically. Yeah, Hamilton is yep. looking into a, a system like that. And is it Hello Club that's currently being used in Cambridge and Tauranga? They do that sort of thing Something as well. Something like that. We're all, yep. you're all concentrating on trying to get the banks out of business and, you know, bank managers <laughs> will all be out of a job. I remember when I used to take my banking down after a session and I remember reading Weight Watchers rented the rooms and they said, carrying weight is really, really good for your bones, which is what I kept in mind when I was carting a dollar, dollars and two dollar coins, why a ton? Oh, woot woot. Yeah, you get it from anywhere, don't you? <laughs> well, I can tell you what, the Cooperative Bank, effective from yesterday, went cashless. We no longer complete cash withdrawals from members' accounts. There's plenty of plenty of places where you can get cash on top of your FPOS or your electronic transactions. So 15th of How are you going to teach children the value of money and how to add and subtract it? Money is fantastic. It is fantastic for that. Teaching children when they go to buy their lollies about what value is and not only that about how to work out that you're actually paying the right amount. Mm, I think that's the parents and the teachers jobs because kids nowadays <laughs> all want these cards that mum and dad magically put their card into the hole in the wall and out comes money and it's like wow that's good, how does that, oh, we're all magic. But anyway he's got his breath back Julie so we better let him have his, have his have question. My all question right. I get my question. That's one we don't really cover much with Judge Julie but we've asked her just about everything else if there's that horrible thing where somebody hesitates and you get called to the table, the director gets there, how do they decide whether they'll let somebody bid or not? First of all, the director doesn't choose to let anybody bid. The director can't say you can't bid because your partner hesitates. The director is there to make a ruling, and the ruling will be dependent on whether there is damage or not and what the information is and things like that. For example, if you're parking a car, there's a scratch on it, and it matches the colour of the car next to you, that sort of suggests that maybe they drove beside you. If you're at the table and someone calls for a hesitation, it doesn't mean there's been one, but it means it's very likely that there has if they're calling during the auction when it occurred. Now, people stop and think, and there is a variation of tempo. It's not because you're taking a long time. There is a, what we call a break in tempo because you've had to stop and think about your wonderful hand and about what you're going to do because it's a difficult decision. And when people are thinking, they're not aware of a time lapse. Someone will say there's been a hesitation. Someone will say there hasn't been. And you say, do you agree? And if there's no agreement, the director gets called. So the director knows immediately there's been no agreement. And this is while the auction or the play is still in progress, wherever the hesitation occurred. There is no damage. There is no adjustment. And just because someone hesitates doesn't mean their partner can't bid. Because if their partner's got a clear-cut bid and they would always bid, well, that's fine. Sometimes if partner's hesitating, you don't know what it was that they were thinking about doing. So there's no real issue, provided you have a hand that says you can bid or you can compete. If partner hesitates, you do that knowing that there's a possibility that the director would be called and your hand has to sort of live up to you being able to bid on. Yeah, so what you do if there is a hesitation or a misexplanation or something like that that happens at the table, the first thing is when it happens is you agree with your opponents that this has occurred. And if your opponents agree and you agree, then that's fine. You just proceed. You don't even have to call the director. But if your opponents dispute what's happened, you should call the director at that point. 
it should be just a nice straightforward thing because we all have problem hands and we all take some time at some point to think. It's not a thing that happens that often at the club, really, is it, that people get called for hesitation. But when it does happen, sometimes there is a bit of bad feeling. Oh, it can be yeah. horrible. It's just wrong in, in, in a lot of ways. If you think things are going badly, Mariana, I've got a little tip for you. Right. A couple of tears never go astray. <laughs> so we are you find these sympathetic directors, Barry? No, no, no. I don't, did I you don't say pathetic or did you say sympathetic? <laughs> I thought I heard pathetic. Sympathetic. No, I don't think my tears would help, but you know, in some cases, a few tears. No, I'm just kidding. Although I've seen it happen. <laughs> but the criteria that a director has to follow is actually pretty independent of who you know and whether they're in tears or whether they're screaming, all right? (laughs) You have to decide on a set formula and part of that formula involves consultation. I think, you know, directors should be required to do some sort of psychology degree before (laughs) they set out on their their careers. (laughs) Do you think it would help me direct if I just occasionally burst into tears because I'm feeling, you know, aggravated and picked up? No, do the screaming bit. (laughs) That'll always work. <laughs> Stomp the feet. Almost do a hucker. <laughs> okay, I think we're all we're all clear on that. Excellent. Tears before bridge time. Yep. Okay. <laughs> well, I hope your breakfast goes well. Yeah, I think that's a little good idea. I hope some people actually take it up. Yes, it's certainly interesting. We'll all be interested to know how that goes. We're having bacon and eggs, Mariana? <laughs> this is on Friday. They're yeah. doing bridge and brekkie, so... You know, no, bacon and eggs, sausages and yeah, eggs. Yeah, but you'll be too option. tight to pay, so... You'll <laughs> <laughs> be the crying one. We're a cashless society. I mean, I might have to go and see my bank manager. <laughs> He'll have tears, Julie. You would be able to say, here he is, Barry Jones in tears, having to fork out more money. All the moss will be flying out of his wallet when he opens it. <laughs> Anyway, you have a great week. Hope things go well. Yep, and you too. Thank you. See ya. Okay, bye. Well, that's the end of our show. Number 99, we are gearing up to the big 100. You don't look a day over 99, Barry. (laughs) 65 looking good. That number's really good. Why don't we finish with a tip? You got a tip for me? I've stolen a tip. (gasps) Unashamedly, it's from Bob Hammond's book. Yep. And he has mentioned this on numerous occasions. It's when you have a disaster at the bridge table, right? Yeah. Have an absolute disaster on a hand. What you need to do is fold up your cards, put them back in the board. Yeah. Forget about that hand and move on to the next one. There is nothing you can do about the disaster that you had, but you can do something about the next hand. So forget about that hand. Don't keep mulling over, why did my partner do that or why shouldn't I have done that or whatever. You've got to just move on to the next hand and focus on that one. Sounds so easy, Mariana, but we all know it isn't. (laughs) You'll find yourself halfway through the auction on the second hand thinking, the King of Hearts was on side or whatever you know yeah. I mean it's, it's, it's no good because you can't go back they won't let you it's against the rules to go back and replay it so if you can try to just get over it and move on to the next hand some people can't though it's very hard to let go isn't it hey look some of us got hands from years ago we haven't let go <laughs> it isn't just the last hand or last week I guess that's good advice Exciting stuff for next week. Yep. I'm going to expect a cake from you. Can you bake? Well, I 
could. <laughs> I'd just say no, Barry. Goodness sake, just say no. Yeah, well, there could be anything in there if I make something. <laughs> A hacksaw or something. Well, who'd think? 100 shows coming up. Yeah, that's pretty amazing, actually. It doesn't seem that long ago we had number one. And we'll be able to talk about our new segment, I don't know. We're going to start maybe with some of our local members. Anybody can participate in I don't know. So what it is, I guess, one of the things that I would like to know is if someone can ring up, we're going to invite people to ring through to us, and I would like you to try and stump Barry Jones. Let's see if he knows everything about anything or anything about everything. If you can stump him, we'll send a prize through to you. Seriously, Mariana, I've always got an answer. <laughs> but whether it's good enough for our listener, <laughs> they'll be the judge. Hey, guys, if you don't want to ring in, you can still email us and we'll call you. Email or call. Yep, bridgezoneshow at gmail.com. Awesome. Thanks for listening, folks. Catch you next week. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.